0: Love, Hope,
1: Radio. Who is January Jones? She is not a young, beautiful, talented actress on Mad Men. She is not an older, gorgeous, exotic dancer from the Johnny Carson Show. She is an author, and she wrote, Thou Shall Not Wine, The Eleventh Commandment that reached number one at Amazon.com. She is a reality TV golf personality with World High Stakes Golf televised on HDNet. She is a humorist and winologist expert. She is your featured host today on January Jones Sharing Success Stories. So sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh and listen to Ms. Jones with her eclectic roster of guests on blog talk radio as you learn life's lessons these stories plus sharing equal success welcome and remember beware because you are entering the no whining world of January Jones
2: I'm pleased to welcome back to our show Andrea Amador hello Andrea how are you today dear
3: Hello, January. It's wonderful being here.
2: Well, you know, I've had you on the show before. I love having you on the show. We have a real wonderful rapport. You're so generous about sharing your success story with my listeners. You know, uh, you are truly one of my priceless personalities, which is a blatant plug for my new book that's coming out next uh, month. Uh, Could you share with my listeners your story? Where did it all start for you? Tell us about when you were growing up and what your life was like.
3: My, my story is that there's a lot of uh, abuse in my history. It started as early as five years old when a, a doorman tried to molest me. And uh-huh. um, soon after, um, it kind of opened the door for so many other miscellaneous men to do similar things. But what really, really hurt Um, was when my stepfather well, my mother was seeing this man and he soon Mm -hmm. became my stepfather he Mm -hmm. kind of introduced me to a stable of perversity all of his friends and wow that was horrible Um, when I was about 11 or 12 I got the incredible opportunity to live with my father who I have always adored, I love my dad so much Mm -hmm. And it was finally a place where I could be safe. And he didn't know my secret and my stepmother didn't know my secret until I was about 16 years old. But the really amazing thing was, at that time, the personal growth movement was just starting to explode. And Mm -hmm. he was fascinated by all of this. And he brought me to my first personal growth seminar, which was Mind Control. Mm-hmm. That rocked my world. <laughs> I began the process of empowerment way back when I was 11 years ago. I think that was 39 years ago. I'm 50 now.
2: Uh-huh. So uh-huh.
3: what I want to share with your listeners is that many, many times when we learn things in terms of empowerment and, you know, uh, learning that your thoughts are powerful and that you can change your life, and all of this wonderful stuff, all of these lofty ideas, mm-hmm. if you don't have the technology to deal with the crud and the junk that develops as a result of being sexually abused or um, mm-hmm. anything that is traumatic, then you won't realize it, but you will sabotage yourself and you'll continually step in your own way. It's like being on the
2: gas and the brake at the same time. Okay, okay. That's a very good, very excellent analogy, being on the gas and the brake. You know, we've had so many um, survivors on the show. And it's so interesting to me that it's such a secret when they've been sexually abused. It's very difficult to talk about that and to tell people. How did it come out of you finally when you were 16? How did you get it out of you?
3: I remember the first person I told was um, uh, Jenny, who was um, my stepmother's sister. And Uh she was so shocked. We were just folding laundry, and she says, Oh, my God, we have to tell Rosie. So then the next person I told was Rosie, my stepmother. And she Mm -hmm. said, Oh, my God, we have to tell Daddy. So I told my father, and Thanksgiving was right around the corner. Uh And he Uh said, We're going to fly your mother up here. You're going to tell your mother, and, you know, we're going to handle this. And um, I I was not at all prepared for my mother's response. She didn't believe it at all.
2: Oh, oh, really? Oh, Oh,
3: wow. Yeah. (laughs) And it led to maybe a period of about 10 years being estranged from one another.
2: Okay. And you know, this this happens often, doesn't it? There's a lot of denial that goes with it and especially for the parent who uh you know when it happens on your watch so to speak you really want to deny it and uh disavow it don't you agree
3: it does at the point when my mother and i were working on healing our relationship way back when i was in my mid-20s or so um Mm -hmm. i was seeing Mm -hmm. a therapist my therapist had met my mother and she said um At that time, my mom had already been diagnosed as having bipolar manic depressive disorder. And she said, you know, Andrea, I just bet that your mother has always had, you know, bipolar and that it was never, ever diagnosed. And her tendency to kind of hide and stick her her head in the sand and not, you know, be aware of what's going on, that was all Mm -hmm. part of it. So Mm -hmm. it made me realize that, I could no longer point the finger of blame and say, it's your fault, you should have done this, you should have helped me,
2: Uh because
3: she was struggling with her own issues.
2: Okay. And we so often find out that in these... Incest situations where sexual abuse occurs, sometimes the perpetrator themselves have been abused as children themselves. It's incestuous, obviously, the way it goes from one generation to the next generation. Um, now, your mother, in your mother, you're okay now. Have you reunited and gotten things worked out?
3: Yes, we have. It was really nothing short of amazing the way it all happened. It started mm-hmm. back in 2004 when I was going through my NLP training. NLP is basically a way of being able to change the way that you see things in an empowering light.
1: Mm-hmm. And okay. I was
3: going through that coaching training, and something took me back in my memory to the worst experience of being um, in this position of, you know, being with George's friends. Uh-huh. and. um and I, I, my body just completely responded in a way that was completely unlike I had ever had. I started shaking and trembling out of control. And I mm-hmm. was in a class situation. It's really uncool to be there in yeah. that type of a vulnerable place. It's very, very inconvenient. And I was sitting in a circle watching my hands on top of my knees shaking out of control. And the woman who was sitting next to me, my classmate, tapped on my shoulder to get my attention. And she said, are you okay? Mm -hmm. And I shook my head, no. And she kind of pulled me out of the room. And as soon as the door closed, I started crying hysterically because I was so immersed in that memory. I was there. And um, I heard her say through my tears, I know you don't know what it is that I do, but I'm an emotional freedom technique practitioner. And I know that I can help you if you'll allow me to tap on your hand, and parts of your face, and under your arms. She said, can, is that okay with you? And I shook my head, yes. And mm-hmm. she said, can you speak? And I shook my head, no.
0: Uh-huh.
3: And she said, that's okay. Can you hum as I do this? And I shook my head. And then mm-hmm. she started tapping on the side of my hand, and I, the word I remember the most is she was saying, even though, and she was, talking she was describing you know the fears even though Mm -hmm. i feel so anxious and my body is out of control and i'm so scared she wasn't getting any feedback from me she was just based on the way that i was presenting she was Mm -hmm. just going through and then at some point she must have been able to read by watching my face that i could speak and she says can you Uh speak now and i said yes and that's when i was able to help her, and the two of us were dissecting the memory bit by bit, and she helped me to completely change the way that I saw that memory, where I was coding it before as poor Andrea, the victim, Uh
1: and Mm -hmm.
3: helpless, nothing I could do about it, to a complete 180-degree turn that made it. A no-brainer for me that I had to forgive George, and I had to forgive all of those men because I finally realized that I was the one who was carrying the bag of rocks
2: and hating
3: myself all Mm -hmm. of those years.
2: Wow, what a powerful story. I'm so appreciative that you're sharing it with my listeners. You know, we're going to take a break now and hear about your host today. And when we come back with Andrea Amador, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, how she had to leave college prematurely and some of the things that happened to her on her road to success, Uh, the good, the bad and the ugly. We'll be right back with Andrea Amador.
1: Lately, there's a whining epidemic in our world. People are even whining about whining. Are you sick and tired of listening to everyone whining all the time? So was January Jones, the author of Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th commandment that reached number one at Amazon.com
2: Welcome back with my wonderful guest, Andrea Amador, my dear friend. She's the author of a fabulous book called Loving the Skin You're In, The Juicy Woman's Guide to Making Peace with Food and Friends with Your Body. Uh, You know, we're going to talk about helping women bust out of body shame, Andrea. But before we do, could you just go back a little bit and tell us what it was like when you had to leave college prematurely?
3: Oh my gosh, that was such a heartbreaking experience. I loved going to NYU, and I was mm-hmm. just starting, well, I was about my second year in business classes, and I really didn't have any idea what I wanted to do. I just knew, <laughs> because my family was involved in business, my father has been in real estate, third generation, owned Manhattan real estate, and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I always would go along with him and be present in the office. And I was kind of learning ever since I was like 10 years old. And it it was so cool to me, this whole idea of being able to handle a business and owning property and all this. So um, at the time, um, his life hit the skids and he was in a position where he needed some help. And I stepped in, he could no longer Uh run the business. Uh-huh. I stepped in at my grandmother's urging. She was 80 at the time. And mm-hmm. I was in the position of running a business with 700 tenants, 110 families. And wow. Um, yeah, it was a real wow. <laughs> Three <laughs> buildings, a coin-operated laundromat, 40 machines. It was daunting. Absolutely daunting, and I did not want to do this. I would have done anything for my dad, but I was truly, I went from the frying pan to the fire. I mean, from school, this very safe, you know, environment, all of a sudden you're dealing (laughs) in the thick of it with tenants that are yelling at you and you're going to court and, you know, the, the judge is giving you a hard time and there's all of these suppliers and people who didn't respect me because I didn't present myself as the boss. Mm-hmm. Everyone thought of me as Frank's daughter.
2: Yeah. Especially <laughs>
3: the, the superintendent because I lived in the same building ever since I was 11 years old. And all of a sudden now mm-hmm. I am the boss of the man <laughs> who used to be the super of the building. It was insane.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: But I was. Wow. I was the boss. I didn't step into that power. And uh, unfortunately, I was in a position where... I didn't recognize the value that I'd brought to the table. I didn't recognize how the value that I was bringing to my father, of saving these buildings and saving the family fortune and everything else. And I accepted a salary of $150 a week for almost 18 years. Ah,
2: <laughs>
3: wow. Okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and,
3: um, at the time, um, My dad and I had a real, real hard conversation up until that time. He was, he was my it. I mean, he, he brought me through all of this, um, horror with the abuse. He kind of rescued Mm -mm. me from that place, even though he didn't realize it, but he brought me into this very empowered life where I was learning that my thoughts are important and, you know, I could Mm -hmm. create my own destiny and, We had these fabulous esoteric conversations, and he would pay people to do classes in the house, and it was great. And he said to me at the point when I stepped in to run his business, he said, Don't think of me as your father anymore. Think of me as your boss.
2: Oh, okay.
3: And it was from that moment that that closeness just dissolved into thin air.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And
3: he became... Very angry and critical, and not a single thing that I did was right. And I don't want to sound like a whiner because I hate <laughs> whiners. There's reality here, yeah. And yeah, yeah. because of the fact that I respected him, and as his daughter, I just thought of him as the sun and the moon and the stars. I never considered saying, no, I won't do this, or this is not okay with me, or I disagree with you, I would yes him to death. And um, he said to me, you know, you're being very passive-aggressive here, and (laughs) we had all of these discourses and arguments, and it was constant tension and pain. And at the point when I couldn't take it anymore, this was affecting my life. Every way down the road, because I was working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, it was nothing for me in, to be in a boiler room, sitting and waiting for a service man <laughs> on Christmas or some craziness like that. Because I was trying to run the buildings in the best way that I could to honor his demands of me, and that mm-hmm. was to be very, very cheap. <laughs> Although <laughs> I had total control over what amount of check I would write to anybody, I was, it was like I was brainwashed.
2: Yeah, yeah. How did you, tell us, share with my listeners, how did you bust out of that situation and wreak oh. your life? Oh, yes,
3: okay. <laughs> <laughs> there was, uh, the, first, the very first step was um, Anthony Robbins' personal power tapes. Um, uh-huh. A friend of mine and I, we saw the advertisement way mm-hmm. back in, 1999, and Mm -hmm. we ordered it together, and we did it. With 30 days, we committed to one another, and we worked on the program, the system, and incrementally, my life just completely took off and changed. Mm -hmm. And I remember that at some point down the road, in addition to deciding on personal training and doing an Avon walk um, for 60 Mm -hmm. miles, doing all of these things, The most important thing I chose to do was I found a local women's empowerment group through the Rockland County Guidance Center, and Uh I put myself in that. And I shared with these women my story, and they said, Oh, my gosh, girl, do you have any idea what kind of power you wield? I said, No, I don't. (laughs) And they told me, You have the ability to write a check in any amount—you could take any amount and leave or whatever. Why are you here? And I said, "This is my dad. I love my dad." They said, "Enough of that." <laughs>
2: okay. Yeah. No. Um, yeah.
3: You're being severely underpaid. The first thing they said is, "Go out and get comparables and find out what your what what you do is worth." And mm-hmm. um, I did. And then I started to make changes in writing the amount of my salary in. Uh, Writing writing bigger checks. But at some point, I said to my father, you know, I've had it. I'm done. You know, you you threaten all the time. You're going to sell the buildings, sell the buildings, whatever. Do it. I want 49%.
1: (laughs) Good
2: for you.
3: (laughs) I want 49% for me. And at first he said, you're out of your effing mind. And then three weeks later, he called and he said, you know, Andrea, you're right. He said, I swore that I would never do to my children what my father did to me by, you know, taking away my life and saddling me with the business. And he said, here, I've done it to you for so many years. I agree with you. I'll give you that money.
2: Wonderful. That's a great, great story. Thank you for sharing. No, the
3: story's not over. (laughs) Yeah.
2: unfortunately,
3: (laughs) there was, um, it didn't, I don't know, you know, um, It ended up that in the end, he said, oh, sorry. He didn't even say sorry. (gasps) Basically, we're estranged. I've (gasps) gotten nothing. We went on welfare. My husband and family went on welfare. We almost lost our home because we couldn't pay our taxes. My my self-esteem was in the toilet because the man that I loved the most had stabbed me in the back. And wow. what had happened within my family was that there was so much blaming going on where I became the bad guy. So my husband and son were kind of like pointing their finger and saying, how could you do this? How could you trust him? What's the matter with you? And mm-hmm. like my daughter and I were kind of trying to figure life out. So <sighs> for a couple of years during that very tough time when I was trying to figure things out and also write my book at the same time, because mm-hmm. at the point when I realized that I wasn't going to get anything from yeah. him, that's when I realized, okay, Andrew, you've got to step up. But it's very, very weird because he was, it seemed, he was on my side all the way. And at the point when I decided to start the Juicy Woman, it started out as Brave People International, he was mm-hmm. completely there with me and he would help me by videotaping my seminars. He went all the way to Albany one day.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And I can't explain it. I'm brokenhearted over it. I've done a lot sure. of tapping. And mm-hmm. um, that's kind of opened up to a whole new opportunity that I have to share with other people. And that is to make peace with the father-daughter divide. because. Oh. For the past few years, every time Father's Day rolled around or his birthday would roll around, I would just be <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> under
3: mm-hmm. the desk, feeling mm-hmm. devastated, and I'm damn sick and tired of it, and I want others to learn from what I've, I've experienced that what's going on when you're hurting, no matter who has betrayed you or whatever it is, you must realize that it's not personal. For whatever reason, that person did what they did because they felt they needed to.
2: Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. I hold on to the
3: belief that during those years when I was a teenager and young Mm -hmm. woman that my father adored me and he would have done anything. Once the business came in, money seemed to be what was most important to him. That's his value. That's not mine.
2: But... Wow, what a great story this is. You know, we're going to take a break and uh, have a commercial. When we come back, I want to talk to you about Father's Day that is coming up. Uh, When we come back, I want to share your website information and share with my listeners where they can get your book. I want to talk about busting out of body shame. We'll be right back with
0: Andrea Amador. Could your commute or daily exercise routine use a boost? When was the last time you really got the giggles? June is Audiobook Month, and the producers of Yikes! Another Quirky Audiobook invite you to tune in, turn on, and let loose a few good laughs. Yikes! Another Quirky Audiobook is about a marijuana enthusiast named Blue McKenna who gets involved in a reality TV show as a way to cure an apocalyptic case of writer's block. A conglomerate of kooky contestants invades the polygamous community of Naval, Utah to compete in a reality show called Yikes. Things get sticky when Blue McKenna's hemp garden is ignited during an ill-fated seance. Find out what's going down in the desert in Yikes, another quirky audiobook. This is Adele Park inviting you to celebrate Audiobook Month on the funny side. Visit www.yikesaudiobook.com. That's www.yikesaudiobook.com. Welcome back with my dear friend,
2: Andrea Amador, uh, author of a fabulous book, Loving the Skin You're In, The Juicy Woman's Guide to Making Peace with Food and friends with your body. Andrea, could you share your website information and uh, share with our listeners how they can get your book?
3: Oh, absolutely. It's the dot-com and the book you can purchase directly from the dot-com site or amazon.com, com. um yeah.
2: Okay. And we're going to talk about how to help women bust out of body shame. Uh, what inspired you to uh, pursue this path to help uh, women overcome their emotional eating issues? Is this something you were working your way through?
3: Wow, well, <clears throat> excuse me, that was a very big aspect of, of my relationship with my dad early on. The only mm-hmm. bone of contention that he seemed to have with me during this period when I was growing up was my weight and mm-hmm. It was because when, um, after I came back from Florida, he took me to the doctor, and the doctor had seen that I had gained like 30 pounds over the course of a year or so, and I had mm-hmm. a, a, a heart murmur, and he was really concerned. But he's not, he's not a, like a warm and fluffy kind of guy, so <laughs> being demonstrative in terms of showing affection or care or concern was not his thing. So he was very kind of tough, and he said, okay, got to lose weight, got to do this, 1,000 calories a day, you're going to go walking or running, I'll get you a trampoline, whatever. Um, Everybody, um, my grandmother had a job, and that was taking care of the food, making sure that I'd come home and eat, like, steamed broccoli and carrots and all that sort of stuff. And Rosie, Mm -hmm. my stepmother, was in charge of shopping with me and you know, finding clothes that fit, and since she couldn't do that, her sister Ida had to sew me all of these horrible, elastic, like, pregnancy outfits, which were
1: horrendous.
3: Uh And um, so it was like this whole big obsession, Andrea's weight, Andrea's weight. (laughs) Mm
4: -hmm. And
3: that started early on, and because of that, I thought, wow, something's wrong with me. I'm fat. And the reason... I was fat, was because nobody knew. I was trying desperately to protect myself, to to make myself unattractive to men.
2: Oh, okay.
3: And so food meant so much to me, and my nana was this brilliant baker, and she did all these great things. But um, the point is, is that we don't realize that food is not the problem. When a person is dealing with weight issues or problems of mm-hmm. feeling out of control with food, it has nothing to do with food. That's mm-hmm. why the, the diet organizations are going south and nothing works. People keep coming back. The, the studies show that up to 98% of all people, after they lose weight, they regain it and more
2: within two to five mm-hmm. years. Heartbreaking. Yes, and it's and you see this all the time, it's a total yo-yo epidemic going on in this country. Tell us a little bit about what is um, emotional this emotional freedom technique that you're working on.
3: Oh, EFT, emotional freedom mm-hmm. technique. Well, that is the technique that I described that I had first bumped into when I was going through that panic attack, and that completely shifted my way of thinking, because up until that time, I was a mouse. I was scared of, I would, you know, being in a position of being the president of a company, I would write down a script of what to say to my accountant for what I wanted him to bring the following week. I was scared of everybody.
1: Wow. And
3: so the big thing that Emotional Freedom Technique did for me was it created this Huge sense of emotional freedom. I don't want to sound weird about this, but Mm -hmm. it enabled me to tap into a side of me that had so much power and passion that had been caged up for so long because I didn't believe in myself. And I always Uh measured myself by my father's bar. And it always Mm -hmm. seemed that I fell short. And Many times people do that. They measure their own value and their worth against something else that has nothing to do with them. And so many times women fall into the habit or or the tendency to think that because they're overweight, because they have problems with eating or food, something's mm-hmm. wrong with them, that they're bad people. Nothing could be further from the truth, but what's going on If their body is screaming, pay attention, help me, look at me. Something's going on and you need to see it. The food is a way of crying out.
2: The cry for help. And you need to really concentrate on listening to your inner feelings. And truly, that's the only way you're going to heal your life, isn't it?
3: It absolutely is,
2: yes. And let's talk a little bit about stress, Um, and I know so many people get so stressed out over uh, their weight, and actually, the stress contributes to their weight gain, doesn't it?
3: Oh my gosh, stress is crazy, because what it does is, in the body, it it creates an overproduction of a hormone called cortisol, and cortisol, Uh it it creates an overproduction that inhibits weight loss, and it's... creates the abdominal obesity and the hormones Mm. that stop the weight loss there are hormones like the cortisol that actually stop the weight loss even if you're doing absolutely everything right it does not matter if you're under stress and your cortisol is flowing it doesn't matter because stress decreases nutrient absorption increases salt retention it impacts your immune system endocrine system digestive and every other system Too much of it, chronic stress, leads to heart attack, cancer, diabetes, stroke. All of these things are as a result of the stress, the way that we live our lives. If we're not able to actually deal with the stress that we have on a moment-to-moment basis, it has this cumulative effect like a snowball. And over Mm -hmm. the course of years, very, very recently, there's been a a study done. I think it was psychology... Wow, I don't have it at my I fingertips, but mm-hmm. over the course of 10 years of ignoring the stress that you have, you'll almost certainly develop some kind of anxiety or mood disorder, mental
2: oh. illness. Mm-hmm. Now, let's, uh, what about the, uh, you advocate support groups for women uh, to help them deal with weight, food, body issues? Where do you, where can a woman find a support group if she's at home listening to this and she wants to connect with other women and change her life?
3: Absolutely. Well, by going to my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the juicy woman, I run teleclasses for women and I'm going to be relaunching my curvy and confident coaching club, which will be four classes a month and it's. Goes at a range of different prices. The lowest being nineteen dollars, and the highest being with personal coaching. It's like four hundred seventy-seven. But mm-hmm. because of the fact that I, I know what it's like to go through the money problem and think that that's the problem, I've made it as affordable as possible. I have an upcoming seminar. It's really about uh, dealing with the broken heart when. When a woman, particularly, this one is for women, it's called mend your broken heart, making peace Uh, with the father-daughter divide.
2: mm -hmm.
3: And it's because so many women have these unresolved relationships with their fathers, either because they've passed away or they're Mm -hmm. facing estrangement, as in my case, or never ever having the security or love or support of a father feeling abandonment issues and every single, you know, reminder, father's day, birthday, occasion, Mm -hmm. it's like a hole in your heart digging at you. And this is what I want to offer women, an ability to be able to change that, to make the hurt stop hurting, to give them techniques to release the anger and the rage and the sadness, the crushing pain felt by knowing that your dad is not around and everybody around you is celebrating Father's Day or Christmas or whatever. Mm -hmm. And to be able to handle the rage and the hurt and the jealousy of seeing other people that are happy with their dad and not taking that personally, being able to deal with it and just let it go.
2: Well, I can personally relate to what you're sharing with us because unfortunately I I was estranged from my dad when he passed on and it's a heartbreak that you carry with you forever and it's very difficult to heal from something like that. You know, Andrea, we're going to hear from another sponsor and then when we come back, I would like to talk with you a little more about what success means to you If you have any regrets and uh, I'd like to hear some advice from you on some eating tips for women who are out there listening to our show to help them get a handle on their day-to-day eating.
4: We'll be right back with Andrea Amador. Second time around can be better. Second timers try harder. Looking to have a rewarding second marriage? Any marriage. Read Successful Second Marriages by Patricia Bubash. She interviews a variety of couples that have succeeded in their second attempt. Each story reflects that the second marriages can be tough going, yet be the best of the best. Learn from these couples who share their intimate stories, how they struggled with difficulty and have thrived. Stories such as, our kids drove us apart. We separated five times in four years. Four months into our marriage, my 85-year-old father-in-law came to live with us. One year into our marriage, I was diagnosed legally blind. Death of my eldest child brought grief, depression into our new marriage. Successful Second Marriages is encouraging, hopeful, inspiring. Available on Amazon.com in book form and ebook. Read Pat's musings at www.successfulsecondmarriages.com.
2: Pat has been... guest on the show so many times and I highly highly recommend her book if you are in a second marriage or if you're thinking about getting into one Andrea let's talk a little bit about your journey and what success means to you Uh, do you have any regrets and then I'd like to hear some advice
3: I don't think I have any regrets whatsoever (laughs) if you would have asked me that four years ago I would have Uh given you a list yay long, (laughs) but I don't. I don't. I wouldn't change a single thing, Any, any pain, any hurt, any abuse. I wouldn't change a single thing because it's brought me to this point of the deepest love and compassion for others who have suffered similar situations and circumstances and the ability, even more important, to be able to serve them and to be able to give them the benefit of what I've learned.
2: Oh, that, I'm, I'm so happy to have you share that, because so many people are so bogged down in looking backwards. These are the people that are the whiners. <laughs> and, you know, not having regrets is a wonderful, wonderful way to live. Before we go, let's share a few tips with our listeners about some eating tips for people who are trying to get a handle on their eating habits. Um, I know you advocate that people eat regular meals and not skip meals, don't you?
3: I I, I really advocate that they listen to their bodies. Um, uh-huh. uh-huh. So that, if that may mean skipping meals for them, then I don't have any issue with that. A couple of weeks ago on my Love in the Skin You're In blog talk radio show, I interviewed mm-hmm. a woman named Dr. Linda Bacon. Um, uh-huh. And she is um, the, the best-selling author of Health at Every Size,
1: a mm-hmm. fabulous
3: book. She's a scientist. And uh-huh. she had explained why it's so important to be able to listen to your body, to pay attention to what you want, what you feel hungry for. And when I asked her, is there anything that you would suggest not to eat or anything like that? And she mm-hmm. said, well, that's not mm-hmm. really a useful way to go. She said, okay. rather, when you're looking to change your habits, the best thing to do is to add instead of subtract. She oh, said, okay. Okay. Yeah, I thought that was wonderful. <laughs> he said The goal is to have as much as possible um, whole foods, fruits and vegetables. So if you mm-hmm. don't already eat those types of foods, then you want to integrate them and you want to start to have them. And I said to her, well, you know, many of my clients say, oh, I hate vegetables, what would you do with that? And she said, well, she said, why don't you suggest to them that they take um, some of the favorite sauces that they have from meat. So, for example, if they like chicken with broccoli or something, have Mm -hmm. that sauce with um, a vegetable and try different vegetables in different ways. So I thought that was really cool.
2: Oh, yeah. I love the part where you add instead of take away. You know, we've had several people on the show talk about their programs uh, and how successful they are with Weight Watchers. And recently, Weight Watchers has changed their program that if you have vegetables and fruits, that's zero points. So they're literally saying the same thing that you're saying, is that you can eat unlimited vegetables and fruit and you're going to be Okay, you're going to do all right. (laughs) Yes, the whole
3: idea is that you eat for the purpose of satisfying your hunger. Now, Mm -hmm. my recommendation Mm -hmm. is pay attention to when you're eating for the purposes of satisfying your emotions. And what Mm -hmm. that looks like is when you notice that you're like feeling edgy and crazed and you just have to go and eat that pint of ice cream. My thing used to be, you know, before I'd be intimate or, or, you know, My husband and I Mm -hmm. were going to have sex or something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I sabotaged (laughs) by having a pint of Ben and Jerry's beforehand. And it was no (laughs) surprise. It was like a not-tonight kind of honey evening. Uh Yes. But um, pay attention. And instead of looking at that action and judging and saying, oh, what's the matter with me? I'm an idiot. Be curious and be kind and
2: be compassionate. Oh, that is... Very, very good advice. You know, before we go, Andrea, I am so proud of you because you now have your own radio show. Uh, Could you share with my listeners how they can listen to you on the radio and tell us what it's been like for you to become a radio show talk show host?
3: I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for inspiring me. I feel as though I've taken off into the blue, and I'm soaring. It feels so good. I took the first 10 weeks of the show, since it was mine, uh-huh. and I just basically mm-hmm. talked about things that were important to me, and I shared a lot of the principles from my book. And after that, I started interviewing people that really um, spoke to the needs of my audience, which are mm-hmm. women who struggle with weight and body image. And uh-huh. I've interviewed a lot of the leaders in the field, and um, it has been so so exciting because through them I'm learning so much and it just feels so good because I love learning constantly learning and sharing learning and sharing that's what I do <laughs>
2: Well, you're wonderful at it, and you were lovely enough to invite me to be on your show. I adored being interviewed by you. You were, uh, you had done your homework, and you had conducted a fanta- one of the best interviews I've ever had. And I would love to come back anytime. You're, uh, you're a natural, and I'm so glad that you're exploring this part of your uh, career and creating new opportunities to meet new people.
3: Oh, thank you so much, January.
2: To my wonderful listeners, we hope you've enjoyed our show today. My upcoming guests for the show are all exciting, eclectic, and energizing. They will amaze, amuse, and they will astonish you. This is the show where you hear inspiring information that will help you to become successful, too. I would love to welcome you to our wonderful No Whining World. We love sharing our stories struggles, and secrets for success. It's our hope that we can encourage all of our listeners to emulate our guests like Andrea today and every day. Remember my mantra, if you think it, then you can do it. So for now, dear friends, please stop whining, start smiling, and then start sharing our show with everyone you know. And if that doesn't work, then start eating chocolate, lots and lots of chocolate. Again, thank you to my wonderful guest today, Andrea Amador. This is January Jones thanking you for joining me today on my journey and reminding you to take care and stay safe.
1: We want to thank you for listening to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. Always remember Ms. Jones' personal mantra, if you can think it, you can do it that's what all of our guests have done with their lives, and so can you. You are the ultimate success coach in your own life. All you need to do will be to start sharing your own story with your family and friends. We hope that our guest stories will encourage you to explore an equation in your future that will combine your creativity plus connecting with others will enable you to be successful too. Always remember, your passion plus your purpose will equal prosperity as you explore the wonderful world of January Jones.
2: With Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
4: This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.